Portia, we are just two pearls. Join us for adventures in pearls. A reading from Acts chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river where we were supposed, where there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the woman who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Tiatria and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was being said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. Thus ends the reading. Amen. So, Jamie, Pearls, Dan, I would like to share for my adventure this week about my little dog named Paris. <laughs> so Paris and I have been together for a little over a year now, and it has been pleasure and pain. Okay. So, but more pleasure than anything else. The painful <laughs> things is like, you know, taking her to the groomer. And if she gets sick, the hospital bills, that's the pain. Right. Jesus, is that the pain? Nobody told me that dogs were going to be so expensive. Yeah. Um, But outside of that, the great part is I have so much fun with her. And she brings so much joy to my life. Mm-hmm. I get to come home and then here's this little itty bitty dog, this little Yorkie poo, you know, cute in her little <laughs> outfits that come up to me, that comes up to me and just like, good to see you, mommy. She wears clothes. She does wear clothes. Like oh. Paris wears like pink tutu skirts and dresses <laughs> and pink sweaters. And she's cute. Mm-hmm. Not because I decided to dress her that way because I have a mom who feels like this is her grand, her grand puppy, oh. like her grand dog. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, we don't have any, um, I don't have any nieces or nephews and my sister doesn't have any children. I don't have any kids. And so my parents like, this is their grandchild to them. Wow. So she's like super spoiled. Everything right. that I have at my house, she has at her, my parents' house, like from beds to toys, to food, to medicine, like everything. Like literally if I ever go out of town, I need mm-hmm. my mom to watch her. I can just bring her. Like I don't have to bring anything, you know, it's so easy. Right. Um, but my dog thinks she's a person. and she has like a mind of her own so like for instance like i will give her like hamburger flavored kibble and she's like no and i'm like are you not hungry she's hungry oh yeah she is but she really wants a banana or she wants something else that's more appetizing to her that's (laughs) not hamburger flavored kibble or you know sweet potato flavored kibble Right. But anyway, Paris and I go for, go to, for walks. She helps keep me active, you know. You know, I can be a little lazy at times with getting to the gym. But thank God for a dog. And so sometimes I'm walking her, right? And sometimes I wear, you know, whether if we're in the park or if we're outside, wherever we are, try not to be out there too late if it's cold. But I mean, in the spring, you know, right. it's cool. People come up to my dog and want to touch her. <laughs> and they want to pet her. Okay. And so I just find it really, you know, I don't know if it's offensive or disrespectful or cute, <laughs> but people just want to touch my dog because they see her. She's little and she's cute. Sometimes she's, cute. she's in a purse. And, you know, when she's on oh. a leash, her harness looks like a dress and they want to touch her. <laughs> like, okay. do not touch my dog. So <laughs> do you think that Paris is a black woman? Paris is every bit of a black woman as a black woman can be. Okay. So she's she, like, don't touch my hair. She is like, don't touch my hair. Like, but the thing is, she's super friendly and she'll allow you to like, 
you know, be in her presence, if you will. <laughs> but like, and she won't, like, she's not a barker. She's too sophisticated for barking. So she won't bark. She won't bite. She doesn't do any of that. Like, she'll let you, and but then she'll shade you. So like, when she's done with you, she'll like walk away. And they're like, where's she going? I was like, oh no, she's kind of done. And she's so, done. you know, with, with Paris, it's always an adventure. So there's like multiple adventures in this one adventure. But I just wanted to share that my dog and I have been together a year and it has been wonderful. And um, I'm looking forward to more adventures with her. I take her on family trips. So we went to uh-huh. Virginia. She went to Delaware. She went to Maryland. Like she's getting around. She goes to Ooh, New York. She's a little traveled. Yeah. So so we we have adventures together. So Portia and Paris were, you know, two little peas in a pod. We have fun. <laughs> Literally peas. Literally peas in a pod. <laughs> and we have a good time. And so I just wanted to share that um, with you all because she brings me so much joy. So that's my dog, Paris, Bianca Williams. So not to... Um, Though the first, there might be more. <laughs> okay. Uh, so not to um, take away any of Paris's shine. Of course not. Um, but, you know, you were talking about the fact that she doesn't bite. Did mm-hmm. you hear the story about um, Sonny Obama biting a White House visitor? No way. So this, like, 18-year-old visitor, like, reached down to, like, pet Sonny, like, during the Obama's last week in office. And Sonny, like bit the girl <laughs> like she had to get some little stitches and like oh, apparently oh no. exactly like oh. sunny was like biting out here in these streets so it was just funny because the rest of the obama family was like really classy about leaving like when anyone asked them about donald trump they're like oh you know this is the way the democratic process works you know we believe in democracy it'll all be okay he can always call us but Sonny was like, no, it ain't going to be all right. Listen, Sonny, Sonny is, is gang- gangsta. Oh, wow. Everybody else was handling themselves with lots of decorum. And Sonny was like, why are you touching me, girl? You know, that's so funny. Because remember we did a show. We were talking about the Obamas and we could not remember Sonny's name. Exactly. You know, so, and my, my dad, right. Names. My dad was like mocking me about that when he listened to the show. And so I sent him an email with the Sonny Obama story and I was like, listen, Portia and I don't tolerate this sort of behavior. So that's why we didn't remember Sonny's name. Sonny is disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, dogs are cool. They totally like, for the most part, take on the characteristics of their family. So any kind of little eccentricities that Paris has, you know. She got it from her grandma. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, speaking of mothers and grandmothers, um, let's talk about female bodies and the way that we are interpreted, especially in church settings. Mm. Well, (laughs) speak on it, Jamie. So Mm. I'm all right. So we're women in ministry. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, which adds an extra layer to this conversation. I'm because there's something also very political happening with lay women in the church as well, which is, Hmm. we will also talk about in a moment. Mm -hmm. But first of all, I just want to talk about being a woman in ministry. Mm -hmm. What's your experience with the way that your body is, I don't know, treated? I don't know what the right word is for it. Within the setting of being a ministry leader. You know, that's a great question because, so there's two things that happens. In my actual congregation, I think because I've been there so long, like literally since birth, I think the way that my body is like judged or perceived is one way. But when I go out Mm -hmm. is another thing though, Jamie. Okay, let me tell you. So for instance, I'm so mindful of what I'm wearing. So like 
for instance, I'm real chill. You know, I'm really, really chill. I like, you know, jeans and whatnot with my pearls. You know, I'm very, you know, chill. But I can't do that when I go other places. I have to be like mindful. But then sometimes like I'm watching people watch me. Like they look me up and down. Mm -hmm. So whether it's because of my age (laughs) <laughs> like, they're like, oh, I didn't expect Pastor Portia to be so young. Right. It's like, oh, because I have a youthful body. I look 16 sometimes, but not really. Um, Or the fact that, you know, I am, I have to like, feel like I have to put on. Mm-hmm. So like my clothes become kind of like uh, what Dr. Hardy would say at Yale, like, like dressing in drag sometimes. Like we have to like dress for the part. Mm-hmm. Um, And so like I'm dressing for the part of what I think a female minister is supposed to, or a woman minister is supposed to dress like. Right. Footnote. Be- yes. Clarence Hardy is a professor at Yale Divinity School in the area of black religion. Check right. out his work. Okay, and keep going. He was my advisor <laughs> while I was there. Hey, Dr. Hardy. So, um, yeah. So it's like we have to dress the part for this professional role. But, and so if I go out, my mom's like, well, you need to make sure you have on a dress and you need to make sure you have on some heels. And I'm like, I want to just wear some Uggs and some jeans. I can call mm-hmm. it a day. But no, like something that I've noticed, like I'm, it's, it's important because people will judge you based on how you dress mm-hmm. and they will also be looking at your body. Mm-hmm. So like, I have, you know, I'm kind of, you know, pleasantly plumpish. Um, not like fat, <laughs> but you know, but I'm mindful of like my body and so like and how I dress. So I make sure I have my skirt hem that comes to a certain length mm-hmm. because I don't want people looking up my skirt. Mm-hmm. Or I have on a jacket because I don't want people looking up my upper region. You know, right. it's just like, okay, so I'm mindful of all those things when I'm dressing. But at the same time, I got to put in a whole lot of color mm-hmm. and I don't mind mixing it with a little bit of leather mm-hmm. or just something like that. Mm-hmm. Like something that also makes me stand out. So even though I'm fully covered, I also like to stand out. So I think this is a very interesting conversation. I'm here interested in hearing what you have to say, Jamie. Um, so you and I um were invited to a women in ministry panel. When was that in December? Yeah. I'm um, at Hartford Seminary. I'm Reverend Dr. Shelley Best teaches um a class for black women in ministry there, and she invited us to be in the panel on the last day. And um, Reverend Michelle Hughes, who's like a regional minister for the um, United Church of Christ, uh, was one of the other panelists. And you might remember what she said about clothing. She was saying that like when she goes into meetings, if she has something kind of like hard to say, this might disrupt the people. Mm-hmm. She wears something like very soft and breezy because it like confuses them mentally right. because they look and they see like she's soft and pink, but she's saying this thing and we don't know how to react. So let's just say, <laughs> yes, she's soft and pink. And I think it's like super problematic. I think I think it happens um, for women in other fields and professions as well. But I think especially in the area of church work, um, it becomes even more complicated mm-hmm. because our bodies are seen almost as this um, site of sin, right. <laughs> potential sin. <laughs> Whereas in the world, I think they're seen more as like, oh, look at this woman's body, which is also disrespectful. But I think in the area of church work, it becomes like so complicated because like you said, I'm, uh, I have longer legs. So it's not like I buy extremely short skirts. And you have very nice legs, by the way. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but they're long. Awesome legs. <laughs> um, and so like, I don't buy like a lot of mini skirts. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But then like when I sit down in a skirt that I bought and it was like a totally like normal length when I'm standing up, when I sit down, it's like, okay, my thighs are exposed. In like the black church tradition that you and I came from, it's like I would have a lap scarf, like layers it's and like, layers oh, of lap scarf. Right. <laughs> um, one thing that's been a blessing to me 
in my ministry since I was ordained is that I just wear a robe. That's it. And that helps a lot. Yes. Um, because the only thing they can kind of comment are on your shoes and your makeup, mm-hmm. um, which makes it a little bit easier, fewer things for them to comment on. Um, but it's just so, I, I agree. I think that we shouldn't wear just anything and everything in a pulpit. Maybe. But <laughs> that being said, it's like, I also shouldn't be made to feel ashamed that I have a female body. Mm-hmm. For men, it's a little bit, for men in ministry, it's a little bit easier. They can just put on some pants, put on a shirt and call it a day. Things are going to be covered. Nobody's offended by like their male body. Like, but I feel like as women in ministry, it's like, oh, because I'm a woman that is creating some sort of boundary between you and receiving what God has for you because I have a female form. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I've had comments about my weight. I've had comments about my makeup. I've had comments about my shoes. And it's like, I prepared to come here today to do the work of ministry. And you want to talk about my weight, my dress size, my shoes, I'm um, my makeup. I'm, and I just wonder with the men in ministry, I think sometimes they might hear comments about their voice but they don't hear comments about their bodies. No, but it's so weird because there are people in the, Lord help me. There are people in the pews who are looking at those men and looking at them lustfully. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. I think men are still, you know, I think they're still being looked at, you know, with, even though man one says it, but Mm -hmm. I still think people are really looking at it. Like, cause if like, oh, if he has, his muscles are big and if it's like, but protruding through his shirt, like people are going to be like, (laughs) looking looking like like, Superman out here. Wow. Like (laughs) his muscles, he looking right. You know what I mean? I'm so serious. Like I think the men, and this is my conversation with men, which is, I think is kind of interesting too, at the table where they've also said like, you know, with their tattoos, Mm -hmm. feel like they need to cover up because if if in their congregation finds out, oh, they have tattoos, like, ooh, so you got tattoos, pastor, what's that about, Mm -hmm. you know? And so they, I think they are mindful, Mm -hmm. but it's different for us as women because I think we are subjected to a different level of scrutiny at Mm -hmm. sometimes. And so I don't think it's fair. It's a double standard because I mean, listen, God gave me this body and yeah, I'm like, hey, you know, I like it. You know, I, I like being a thickums and I don't mind, you know, accentuating that. You know, I don't mind that at all. So in my everydayness of life, yeah, I, I don't mind it. Now I'm not necessarily going to walk around in our crop top, not because I can't, but it's because I just prefer not to. But that's because of my comfortability, comfortableness, comfortable. Illegal. Comfort. Yeah. yeah something. Whatever. <laughs> Well, you know, anything is interesting, though, because what you're saying about men in ministry, yes, I do think that they're, I mean, we sit in pulpits. We sit in front of them. Well, you know, I don't sit in the pulpit, though. Well, I, I know, but I'm saying, row. I'm saying, I'm talking about men or women who are oh, sitting yeah, in yeah, pulpits. Yeah. Um, and it's just interesting because I feel like because a man is attractive might be a reason that people try to keep him in a pulpit. Whereas, like, for mm. women, I've seen times when, like, because the woman's body is too distracting as a reason to put women outside of the pulpit. Let them be ministers, mm-hmm. but not have them sitting in front of the congregation because her body is distracting. And it's like, well, isn't the attractive man distracting all of the ladies in the church? But he should be in the pulpit, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is. It, it just becomes a double standard, um, which is, we could talk about all day. Right. Um, that being said, it's not just for those of us who were in ministry. Mm-hmm. The women in the pews also have these certain body politics that they feel like they have to ascribe to as well. 
Um, and I know we experienced that even before we were women in ministry, um, where it's like, you know, cover here or cover this, cover that, bring your scarf, you know, all of that sort of body politics that happens that doesn't just belong to us as women in ministry, but mm -hmm. belongs to like Christian women. Because I think you're right. Even when we go out and we're not in the church, I'm, we're seen in the public. Sometimes, you know, you and I were talking about this earlier um, off the recording when uh, people, you'll, you'll be out somewhere and people will say, oh, well, what do you do? And, you know, you tell them what you do or whatever. Um, and you and I both are women who have a certain style, like it or not. Both of us are like, we have our style, like, right? Like yours is like kind of eclectic, some, some leather, some like African prints, some color, you know, in the jeans, studio. <laughs> right? It's, it's portionality. Look yeah. at the blog. It's like a little bit of everything. I got a little bit of leather, a little bit of lace, a little bit of African print. I got a little bit of everything. Got um, my Uggs on. I got a little right, bit of everything. Right, some creative dangly earrings. Yeah. Like all sorts of, like, that's you. Yeah. And then for me, I have more of a, like, 1940s, like, I tend to be wearing, like, a pencil skirt. Like, everything, like, fits in a very, like, traditionally feminine way. So you can kind of see the shape of my body because of the, like, style of clothing that I wear. Mm -hmm. Um, and both of us, you know, like it's our style. Right. And so then when I like go out sometimes, like even if I'm like just getting my nails done or, you know, shopping or whatever, and people ask, what do you do? And most of the time people are like nice and they like keep it moving. Sometimes they have a question about like, well, what does that mean that you're a minister? You know, so those are nice conversations. I don't mind any of those conversations. The conversations that always throw me off a little bit two conversations. Actually, I had to talk about one that I had recently, but <laughs> one of them is, um, oh, like you dress so young and hip to be a minister. Oh, wow. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, huh? Oh, wow. Oh, but the clothes. Oh, wow. Um, so I, that's one conversation. Um, like I should look like a nun because I'm a woman in ministry, which I think oh, is wow. a common misconception, right? That yeah. like we do wear skirts down to our ankles and practical shoes and habits, I guess. I don't mean, I don't know. I'm like, what do you expect me to look like? I actually only have like two <laughs> skirts down to my ankle and they're both African. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> Long black skirts, Portia, no prints. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's like they African. expect us to look like we've taken like uh, like we're sisters, like you know what I mean. Like we are like nuns or Amish or something. Like I don't know. <laughs> um, and then the other conversation, and this mostly comes up with men, mostly white men who don't know too much about Protestantism. Oh jeez. We'll say things like, "I'm." Um, let me try to imitate them. <laughs> like, and these are men who I barely know, right? They're like, "You're allowed to get married, right?" What? <laughs> But you want to know something? A guy that I was previously dating in like, well, yeah, previously. Yeah, I'm not going to say how how far back or <laughs> close it was. But yeah, he was like, are you allowed to get married? Like, you're a pastor. Like, does that mean you get married? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it, why would I be talking to you if I couldn't? Like, I'm just going to tease myself and just date, like, and not, you know, right. get married. Like, who does that? Right. No. Yeah, you know, right. that's so fascinating. And, like, and I mean, I just think that. it's interesting, like, especially yeah. with white men who I barely know. <clears throat> Hello? I'm, oh, why are you asking? Like, you're basically asking me about my sex life right now. They're like, basically, like, you're not supposed to be celibate, right? Well, I don't, I don't even know you. So I'm not sure why 
That's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear that I'm a minister. Because that's really what they're trying to get at. Right. <laughs> I'm... And also, like the, like, the reassurance, like, that's not what's going on with you, right? Like, as though they would then say, like, <laughs> if so, get out of that profession. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just so interesting the way that, um, you know, I mean, it's just an extra layer of, like, how our bodies are policed. Well, like, if I was supposed to be celibate, what does that have to do with you? What does that have to do with you? <laughs> and it's like, I didn't realize you were an interest to ask me that question. <laughs> and so it's just like, because I sure enough wasn't checking for you, boo. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I just think it's super interesting the way that I'm, you know, even the public polices the body of female ministers, right? Yes. It's like, it's not just in the church, which is its own form of like, oppression like i'm sorry but then to go outside of the church and you know that i'm a minister so it's either a comment on like i'm um, and i've had like little old ladies say this too uh which is kind of cute like you wear such short skirts or such high heels for a minister and i'm like well i guess they would not even be used to seeing a woman in a minister women woman mm-hmm. in ministry period so i think it's funny when it's like people who are in a much older generation right but for people who are 50 and under i'm like can you not treat me like i'm supposed to be like Ministers are humans who right. are called to ministry. <laughs> right. And I got to give it up to like this movement of like young women clergy who are particularly like under 40 mm-hmm. who are making a, well, actually they're kind of like between the ages of like 30 and 40. Uh-huh. So like who are making a very conscious decision to kind of like recreate what clergy wear is. Mm-hmm. So whether they're wearing leather and lace and high heels um, and bright colors, like trying to like break the stereotype. And it's like, even if you have these stereotypes for me, I'm going to show you that I'm not your grandma's pastor, you know, right. or I'm not doing church the way it used to be done. And just right. like redefining what the body politic is. And it starts with us as right. clergy, how we how we present ourselves. And if we mm-hmm. present ourselves in a fashion that's like, yeah, it's not OK for you to talk to me like this. It's not OK for you to judge me like this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wear what I feel like, what makes me comfortable, mm-hmm. what I deem appropriate in the pulpit then so be it. Um, but I think it starts with us. But wow, these men out here, Jamie, <laughs> they yeah. come in real strong talking about, so does that mean you're like a nun? Like, can you get married? Like what? And that's, the, and that's another thing too, that everybody wants to assume that just because we're in ministry or that we believe in the Lord, that we're all Catholic. Like, no, bro. We're Baptist, um, which has its own set of troubles that come with it. But as Baptist women who are fashionable, fly, and sexy, I think we have something that that, that is to be shown. That's something to be said, literally, and how we present ourselves in these spaces. Right. Um, And so we could go on and on with this conversation. This is so loaded. And I think we probably will come back to it again at some point. We should go on and on. Um, (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, I... Because, yeah, I think it also speaks to an issue that we've talked about on the show also, which is relationships. And I think, you know, so already, like, black women tend to, um, you know, have trouble with finding relationships and marriage in this day and age. And I think I've noticed being a woman in ministry, um, it becomes even more complicated. Mm -hmm. And sometimes um, in terms of the sexual politics, even just telling people, like, no, I just met you. I'm not going to have sex with you. It's like... (laughs) Oh, because you're so religious. Like, no, because I just met you. Like, you know, you know, like, like the I no, don't know you, right? Bruh. Which is so interesting because you know we talk about consent and no means no and that sort of thing. 
And it's one of those things, like, that's, like, one of the rebuttals. Like, oh, because you're religious? <laughs> like, no. You know I, mean? <laughs> I don't know you. I met you, like, yesterday. <laughs> exactly. Actually, three minutes ago. <laughs> like, no. I usually get more than three minutes, but yeah. <laughs> like, I just met you, sir. Like, you know what? Get off my line. Like, right. no. Right. Right. I'm, and it's almost like this fear of cultivating relationships with us because like, oh, she's so religious. So she's going to, and it's like, well, you know, no, you take the time to get to know me. And I'm, we go from there the same way we would in any other relationship. But Mm -hmm. it's like, people are fearful of like, first of all, like we're bosses, sorry. Um, (laughs) But then second of all, we are like women in ministry bosses, which Mm -hmm. is like adding these extra layers, which make people extremely anxious. We sound super alpha female right now. (laughs) (laughs) We're women bosses in ministry. It's like it's it's like we're like a a, a prototype of like a super, super woman. Like, you know, (laughs) right. But that's where the complication comes in. Because then like it's like men don't know or in any I mean I I'm not you know I'm you know even for women in ministry who are in homosexual relationships right it's like how do you approach that yeah it feels very loaded yeah and it's something that we should unload on a future show yes this episode was produced by our producer Dan Warren keep up with our adventures on iTunes SoundCloud or on our website justtwopearls.com you can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at just 2 pearls Email us at adventures at just2pearls.com. We are a production of the 224 Ecospace. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.